So he meets up with Walter, not Walter, damn. I just will you black man <laughs> name that boy. Get him at a whole other name. Walter. I told y'all. y'all Cedric. He walked up to Cedric. Damn. <laughs> Let's uh, go ahead and get started. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, and welcome back to another episode of Don't Go In There, Girl, hosted by somebody who stutters. (laughs) (laughs) And an auntie who coughs. Yes. We owe y'all. We owe. Oh my God. Okay. Hosted by your favorite horror aunties. I am Miss B. And I am Tud. (laughs) Yes. Your coughing auntie. That's me. (laughs) And your stuttering family auntie. That is Miss B. Oh, girl. How are you doing tonight? You know, I am exhausted from all of the goddamn work that I've been doing lately. But for the most part, I am alive and I'm good. How about you? I've just been um, working and uh, trying to just have a consistent sleep pattern. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like one day or two days, I will sleep like a newborn. And then the other days I'll just be like up the whole night tossing and turning. And then I look to my left and uh, the birds are chirping, the sky's blue. And then my alarm go off. I just, mm-hmm. girl, it's, I just, I need to find some consistency with my sleep so I can just function and crank out these podcast episodes. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Trying. Like it just it just seemed like we just never have enough time to do anything. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, girl. Well, we have to manage. But um, girl, it's been a while, but we finally got here to tell this story <laughs> that we've been wanting to tell since last year, October 2000. Yes. yes, just just in case y'all don't know or don't understand, we have been doing this podcast for a year it is officially our anniversary of this podcast and we were supposed to start off our podcast with this story (laughs) but things just kept changing just get pushed back like we just had all types of like you know obstacles trying to get this movie together for this podcast but we have finally done it Yes, uh, you know, nobody nobody knew about the Panasonic and what it was going to do to us. And, and me at the coffee was like, well, I'm not putting my shit on HBO Max right. because I want y'all to have a cultural experience. So we're going to crank it out in August of 2021. And if you are familiar with the name Nia DaCosta, you know tonight we are going to be talking about 2021's Candyman. Yes, yes, yes. Finally, finally. We were supposed to do this film. This film was supposed to be the start of our podcast. And now we're here and we're doing it. So, yeah, I'm I'm finally so damn happy with tackling this film. It's been a long goddamn wait. We've been trying to even get it out to you guys like August, early September, but uh, you know, adulting and like just things happen. But we were like, we're going to get it out if I'll be damned. It's going to get done. <laughs> so uh, let's get started. So the film, I would like to even talk about what happened when the film started before the film even started. So, because <laughs> I just thought it was so genius and I hope people caught it. So you see the opening, what would you call those? The uh, film production companies? Yeah. And and all of their... Um, all of the studios uh, involved in, you know, yeah. the making of this film. And the logos of, you know, how their, uh, their production companies come in. And you notice at first, they're all written backwards. Mm-hmm. It's written backwards and it looks like a mirror image when you were, if you were to write a word and pull it up in a mirror, it would appear backwards. And I caught on to it immediately. I was like, that's so cool because Candyman is about, you know, invoking this spirit 
in the mirror and you're going to see things in a mirror image. So I just thought that was genius. I thought yeah. it was genius. I, 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 I was not as intelligent or quick as a queer because I thought it was some bootleg shit going oh. on. <laughs> and I thought that somebody was recording some shit that they was sitting in a movie theater recording and they had to put that shit backwards so the copyright people wouldn't arrest their ass. <laughs> so, but so ev funny. eventually, eventually in the movie, like when you get to the whole symbolism and stuff of the mirrors, you're gonna be like, oh, okay, yeah. like I was. So, you know, don't don't be slow like me. Be like a queer, you know. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it was just one of them quick ones. Um, and then also, um, aside of that, when the movie's actually starting and we're seeing. Uh, the credits rolling, we're seeing the cast members and everything. We're seeing images and shots of um, the skyscrapers in, um, in uh, or did it even start yet? Are we seeing that and then we go into the story? Like yeah, we're, we're seeing that at the very beginning. We are definitely thought, seeing it at the beginning. Which I thought was so tight because uh, you're seeing all these images of these skyscrapers and the Chicago skyline and these buildings. And uh, they're turned upside down. So we're kind of seeing things in mirror image that way. So yeah. I just thought it was like symbolism to the whole mirror image, backward image, everything dealing with Candyman in the mirrors. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty awesome. Definitely shout out to the cinematographer on this film. because He did a wonderful job um, shooting this film. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. So we start in the beginning scene of this movie is set in 1977 Cabrini Greens mm -hmm. and if you're not familiar Cabrini Greens is one of the well-known uh, project systems here in America back in the day so uh, who is the character we start out with we young start man named... out with a young man named William and he's a, he's a kid. He's he starts off. He's doing his little you know puppeteering thing, like he's doing like the shadow like puppeteering or something like on the wall. It's just actually pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. And like the thing that he's doing on the wall is basically like police chasing somebody. Um, and so his mama's like, I know you need to go do that laundry because you know it's a black house. So she like, William, I know I told you. <laughs> go do that laundry what is you doing so he leaves he goes to do laundry and somebody oh. outside actually tells him somebody outside when that poor boy was walking to the laundry yeah walking with that sack dropping stuff somebody actually outside told him I hope Sherman gets you and I was oh. like what in the I, hell oh well I, I heard the, one of the little boys who was like hey Billy you do my laundry too I was like this is such a black setting <laughs> yes it is yes it is uh, but yeah it's it's Billy and he's going to do his laundry like he's supposed to be doing and you know he goes into the actual like big Cabrini uh, green towers because that's where their laundry facility is so when he passes he's getting ready to go in that area you see the policemen outside of Cabrini Green and they're asking everybody if they're you know if they've seen this man that's missing um, and so like they're they're accosting everybody pretty much you know white cops in a black neighborhood and all this wonderful stuff um, and so Billy Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, William, William looks at him and he just keeps on going. Like, I'm not about to talk to y'all about nothing. Um, so he goes upstairs, he goes to the to laundry facility and that's when uh, some ruckus occurs. Yes. And it, it, even uh, the scene where he's going in there, it just like looks real ominous because, you know, like if you had a laundry facility and I know this is a project, so it might be different than, you know, a condo or uh, regular cleaners or an apartment one where it's like more fluorescent bulbs, actual light. You can see what the hell going on. This one looks sketch. It just looked quiet and it's strange. So while he's going yeah. in there, he's noticing um, like he's got to cut on the light. It's even dark. He notices behind him, there's this big hole in the wall, in mm -hmm. the, the back wall. And he sees the reflection in the glass. And it's the image of the man who is in the, uh, I guess the wanted poster that the cops yes. uh, mm -hmm. of, and we pretty much learned that this is a character named Sherman. Sherman Fields, yeah. And now, and now, when you first look at Sherman, like when when he makes his appearance, which is actually 
very fucking creepy, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, it like the the scene is so you automatically expecting <laughs> that some crazy shit went down, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, it was it was a very frightening encounter with a guy with a hook on his hand. I I, I kind of felt sorry for him, but he screams. The poor little William screams, and then I think we appear back in 2019 Cabrini Green and that's where the majority of our story Mm -hmm. winds up happening yes Um, so in this beginning scene we're seeing uh, this couple uh, these two men one named Troy and is Troy's boyfriend named Grady Grady it is it sure is you're correct it is Grady they're having a little walk and they're walking over to his sister's house and his sister, her name is Brianna played by the lovely Tiana Paris. She's gorgeous. Her apartment's really, really cute. Like, you know, I was seeing the apartment. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, you downtown Chicago in 2019. And this is your setup. This is not, this girl got a little money. (laughs) (laughs) And she's, she's with her fine ass boyfriend known as Anthony McCoy, who is, the lead character of this story played by the beautiful Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Mm-hmm. And if you know me, you know I'm a fan of that man. <laughs> so, um, you know, so, and, um, while they're in the, uh, while they're in the sister's place, you know, they're just kind of shooting the shit, drinking wine, you know, mm-hmm. and you can tell, like, we see a lot of art and a lot of just pieces and a lot of books so you can tell these are artsy slash intellectuals like just some educated folks and we noticed that um who was that? i want to say it was troy or grady speaking to anthony about one of the pieces on the wall and anthony lets him know this is one of his pieces or a couple of his pieces are out here so we didn't learn that anthony is an artist well as they're just kind of yes. having a good evening troy for some dumbass reason, <laughs> starts to tell the story of Candyman. Because I guess they were talking about just how gentrification, you know, they were just having really black, bougie, intellectual conversations <laughs> about like how far we've come and the state of the world and the state of the urban areas. And of course, gentrification, cops, just um, white flight, all that is discussed. So when they're talking about gentrification, they mention the story of Candyman. Well, and, actually, um, actually, they mentioned the story of Helen Lyle. Yeah, they they start off they start off talking about the the urban legend of Helen Lyle because you know they go into the whole you know. Cabrini Green was gentrified and you know it was destroyed and you know he was like have y'all ever heard of Helen Lyle and everybody was like what the hell happened and so um, Troy starts to tell this story of how Helen Lyle was doing urban legends um and she went into cabrini green she was taking pictures of everything doing her research in cabrini green and like one day she snapped and then she stole a baby and she was doing snow angels in the blood she killed a dog that's what they said she killed a rottweiler she was doing snow angels on the floor in the blood and then she stole a baby and everybody was hoping and wondering if this baby was still alive or whatever and then um during she killed a whole she snapped and killed a whole bunch of people and then during the annual bonfire at cabrini green she appears and she tries to sacrifice this baby. And so he says the people, you know, our people wasn't having it. And we jumped on her and they saved the baby while everybody was being, you know, fine, you know, making sure that this baby was okay and fussing over the baby. Helen Lyle <laughs> walks into the fire and she dies in the bonfire in the middle of Cabrini Green. And so they're like, what the hell? Like, how the hell is that even happening? Blah blah blah. And then some kind of way, Candyman's name gets mentioned, and so that's when Anthony is like, "Who's Candyman?" And so Ta- Troy is like, "Look, you need to look this up. There's all kind of articles and stuff on this, and blah blah blah." Um, and so after that night, 
that's when Anthony wakes up. He goes to the library or wherever he needs to go, and he like does this research and pulls all these articles about Candyman and all this kind of stuff. And then um, he winds up going to the area yeah he winds up going to cabrini green and like seeing the differences and i think the only building that was left as part of cabrini green was this church that was Mm -hmm. i think was left there but my question was no 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 i'll address this question that i want to address at the end of the film um but i I definitely want to make an asterisk because i need to remember i need to come back to that question yeah and before Um, we go forward uh since you were mentioning like a quick you know, wrap up of kind of the 1992 version. Mm-hmm. I just want to say um, when that movie came out, I was younger and I was just like, <laughs> hella nosy as fuck. I was a child <laughs> and I knew this. I'm like, what are you doing? You know what? We we could we could do a whole podcast just on Candyman 1992 <laughs> and the audacity <laughs> of, of Helen Lyle. Lyle. Yes. <laughs> the audacity <laughs> like if if we did that podcast that's gonna be the name of that podcast in 1992 the audacity of Helen Lyle because bitch I like I done been up I done had friends in the projects I I, I grew up maybe about I don't even know how just a, like a footstep away from the projects even I'm not going in certain places yes yes you know, what did you what is you doing? But but oh, yeah, that's her. That's her. what. Yeah. What is you doing? Why? But I, I found it interesting that Troy told this story about Helen Lau. And if you've watched the 1992 version, you know well that's not what happened. Like some of the pieces in there but it definitely wasn't the whole truth and I loved how that illustrated how like stories change over the years because that happened in like 1992 and now it's like 2021 and that story has just totally been twisted um, Mm -hmm. to not even really reflect uh, like a lot of what happened and then also just the total like no mention of Candyman, you know, like mm. who was the central figure of the 1992 film and how scared those folks were of this story. They're not even telling that story no more. They're telling the story, mm-hmm. the urban legend of Helen Lyle. And I want us to kind of put a pin in that because I think that's going to be something very interesting to discuss later on about how things and certain peoples get like wiped out during exactly. certain stories. He is at, I guess, present day Cabrini Green. And mm-hmm. of course, most of it is gentrified, but there's this one area where we do see the church mm-hmm. and we see, um, it looks like they probably have one little section where it might be like the last part of like the dilapidated part of the project. So he's walking through like the old school parts of Cabrini Green. And while he's walking, uh, is this where he meets up with uh present day William? Yes, but right before that, because this is very important and we definitely need to talk about this. Oh God, is it what I think it is? Yes, so right right before that, he's at the Cabrini Green spot um, and he's taking pictures and, you know, this lovely bee just decides to, you know, walk up on him like he's a flower and, you know, Anthony is like, get the fuck away from me, bee, because, you know, I'm working and shit and um, the bee stings him on his hand so you know you get stung like normal people you get stung it's a bee you might panic you might want to go to the run in the hospital put some neosporin or you know some shit on it or whatever this man got stung by a bee and he was just like okay doop to doop to do i'm about to go on my way mm-hmm. maybe he just knew he wasn't allergic i don't know but it was just like couldn't have been me, girl. It would have been all kind of cuts and shit. Like that cannon would have hit the floor. It, no. <laughs> Crap, the, the bee would have came over there. And I would have been like, all right, B, you obviously need to be in this space better than I. So I have no I'm, problem. I'm going to let running. you have this space. Let me tell you something. My big grown self has no problem running around crazy if I see an insect. I will cut the fool and won't care who's licking. Right. You know 
But yes, he he gets stung. And it was so weird because after he got stung, I don't know if the bee falls, but he looks down to the ground and he sees this weird trail of insects. So it was just like, it was some mm -hmm. weird symbolism. We just knew if you didn't know anything about Candyman or the bees, you'd know something about this thing one right. So, right. so he continues his trek through Cabrini Greens and he's taking pictures and I guess He's, he's an artist, so he wants to get inspiration and I guess learn. Yes. Um, and I think another reason he wanted to get inspiration is because uh, Troy was talking about his art and shit when it was in Brianna's house. And he was just like, he did need something new because he's having a new expose coming out soon. So he meets up with Walter, not Walter, damn. I just William. a black man <laughs> name that for <laughs> Get him in a whole other name, Walter. I told y'all, y'all. Cedric. He walked up to Cedric. Damn. You know, they introduce themselves, and you know, he wants to know a little bit about what's going on and what is his place. And uh, William pretty much lets him know he's grown up here, and um, he's carrying something. They go to, I guess, what we have to assume now is. William's business, which is ironically a laundromat. Because you would think after that happened to him being young, uh, we well, it wasn't explained yet, but I guess I'm telling you, we learned that young Billy William is grown William, correct? That's correct, yes. Okay. Yeah, because well, he, he begins to talk. Uh, Anthony asked him because he lived in Cabrini Candy Man. And then <laughs> William gives him his version of Candyman, like who Candyman was for him. And so then we learn more about the 1997 situation that happened um, with him and the guy that came out of the wall with the hook. Yes. And, it, and what we had seen was, you know, I think when we had last left off when we were telling the story, it, you know, we're because it looked kind of creepy and scary. We were just like, something was going to happen to young William, but it didn't. Um, so we see that Candyman, he's got this hook. He just, just a strange looking man. And it's like, you can tell something is not exactly right with him. We don't know if he has just some mental issues. He's on the spectrum, whatever. But he takes his hand out and he gives him candy. Mm -hmm. And of course, William didn't take that shit because, you know, we don't we don't take shit from strangers, right? <laughs> and um Stranger and I think, danger, yeah. Right. And I think while this is happening, um uh she did tell you guys the scream was let out. But we then learned that uh it seems like the guy uh that was Candyman at the time, what's his name again? Sherman Fields. I don't know I want to say Sebastian. Sherman. See, there um, she go giving that man another name. So he takes this candy back and he's going back into the walls and he's he's leaving this boy be. And I think uh, while this is happening, we're seeing this, William is telling Anthony a story of how um, the cops were looking for this guy because it was known that Sherman was out here passing out candy. And one of the white girls in the community back in 77 uh, they found some razor blades in her candy. So I'm sure she got injured. And because the stories were out that Sherman was passing out candy, they're like, oh, it's him. We got to get his ass. So when Billy did let out the scream, the cops had heard where the scream was. Uh, Billy obviously was safe walking up the stairs. And we just see this barrage of cops coming down the stairs, like not even worried about that little boy. They could have trampled his ass over. And we can obviously see they're going in the hallway and going into the hole where Sherman is and he's being dealt with. We don't see what's actually happening, but we know it was some violence. Oh yeah. Yeah. William definitely says that he beaten to death by the policeman. Yeah. Um mm -hmm. and then after the man dies, there's still more candy. There's uh, more razor blades that's popping up in, in kids' candy. And so that's what made them realize that Sherman was actually innocent. And the policeman was just looking for a reason to beat the shit out of him um, mm -hmm. and, and basically killed him for nothing. So... It's true. Yeah. yeah. It's true. It's going on. Anyway... <laughs> 
So yeah. after this happens, I want to say, is this the part where did um did Anthony meet with Clive yet? No. What happened was um after the story. Anthony, I guess, was inspired by Fire, that story, yeah. and he mm -hmm. drew a painting um, basically showing Sherman and what happened to him back in Cabrini Green. Um, yeah. And he was... Graphic. It was a bunch yeah. of fists mm -hmm. that were bloody over a, a figure, but you couldn't like really tell what was going on, but he said that that was the inspiration, that story he heard, right? Yes. And so, you know, he's explaining it all to, you know, his beautiful girlfriend. Um, and, you know, she's just like, okay, I kind of get it. But, you know, if you got to explain all this to me, I'm not pretty sure everybody else going to get it. But he was so inspired and like so thrilled, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing and, mm -hmm. you know, all this kind of stuff. And she was like, all right, well, I support you, boo. We going to hang your shit up and, you know, do all this kind of stuff or whatever. Um, and so then this crazy motherfucker. I, I need him to find some real friends. He tells the woman about, you know, Candyman and, the, you know, the story of Candyman and what happened in Cabrini Green and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, you know, according to the, the urban legend, if you look in a mirror and say his name five times, you know, he's supposed to appear. And he was like, and, you know, I was thinking, you know, maybe we can summon him. And she was like, hell no. Mm -mm. We, we're not doing this what, what the fuck is wrong with you you know like why would you do something like this and he was like all right babe, i'm not gonna do it and blah 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 <laughs> but then he winds up summoning her using you know the reflection in their window and like he actually said it like five times and i was like see y'all i'm Y'all got to quit you, playing you, with these you, kids. Yes, you and you are the exception to the rule. Like you, you know what happens. You know how these things work. You're not supposed to be doing this. Why would you be doing this of all people? Mm -hmm. And so then after that, meets uh, up with Clive. Um, and Clive is Brianna's yeah. boss. So she's um. Well, I don't know if he's. A, well, I guess the he owns the art exhibit that she works for cuz she's a uh, museum curator art curator yeah yeah she's an art gallery director and curator and he's an art dealer so i'm guessing mm -hmm. he's using you know she's she like curates and stuff in his art like space so gallery yeah. yes yeah and so uh, i guess because uh, they have a close relationship anthony feels compelled to go to him and Hey, and just kind of let him know about this new idea he has about Candyman. And uh, just, he's really excited about it. So he's just like, I basically want my new shit in your place. Like, can we have it when you have the show? And I mean, I guess because he has a good relationship, he's just like, yeah, you know, you can tell Clive is kind of skeptical of his work a little bit, but he's just like, you know, if you do it, if you bring it, you know, make sure that shit is nice. And so the next scene... Are we actually at the night where they're having the art? Yes, show? we are. Yes, we are. And, and and I don't think it's just Anthony. Like I know Anthony's piece is hung up, but I think yeah, it's I think other pieces of other mm -hmm. art. Yeah. So, um, and we get introduced to um, this. I think it's the critic who's looking at yeah. Anthony's work. I'm sorry. The critic's name uh, you're talking about is Finley Stevens, right? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, Finley Stevens. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, she's well known as a well-known art critic. So if you are in that world, you're just kind of like, you know, you check in for her and you mm -hmm. want her to say something about your pieces. So we see people just kind of walk around checking out the art. And um, he goes up to his piece. And I think for his piece is uh, Finley standing there, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And he's, he's talking about his piece and kind of breaking down how he was inspired, the history, and then he goes into uh, the gentrification and he, you know, it has a full paragraph of like his whole inspiration. You know, usually they have that under the canvas of, or a part of the canvas of the art and you just see really a mirror. And then she was like, he's like, well, there's more to it. And um, you open the mirror and when you open the mirror, it's inside the wall. Mm -hmm. of this space and it's a whole bunch of different art in there which I thought was like I was like this is creepy but this is kind of cool because at first I was just like I know his shit ain't just a mirror right that ain't what we doing Anthony so <laughs> right. he's, he's super excited about it but then she pretty much in her bourgeois way shits on his art like basically mm -hmm. saying 
you know, because he's talking about gentrification and change and the community. And, you know, she's like an uppity, like white art dealer. So I'm sure they're seeing things from a different lens. Oh, yeah. And she, she pretty much in so many words is like, you know, y'all talk about gentrification, but like a lot of you art people, y'all are coming to these spaces when things are super low and like y'all the reason these communities change and um yeah and she and she didn't it. say it like as nice as that she said it in a way that kind of made you think she was calling out black people at first because mm-hmm. she was like you know you people are the ones who did this and blah 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 and he was like what the fuck you mean and she was like i mean artists like that's what i'm talking about and i was like bitch somebody needs to snap you in your face yeah yeah. So she she pretty much, you know, because she is an important and well-respected person in the community, she pretty much like blew him off. And, you know, he's really down about it because he's put so much into this, you know, this new work of art. Like he really, really loved it. And so while he's um, there, we're seeing just some random characters coming about and they're looking at his art. And then here we do have this one girl just this one random girl. She looks super interested, young girl. She takes a picture of the art. She leaves. I wanted to bring her up because she'll be mentioned later on this uh, episode. And so while he's leaving, um, at this point, he's a little blown. So he got a little beer. And I don't know if he's a little tipsy, <laughs> but he goes up to Brianna and they're talking and kind of socializing. And I think uh, that's when... They meet one of Brianna's friends. Um, you can tell Anthony don't like the dude because he says something slick. And I think Clive says something slick. And Anthony's just pretty much like fucking over it. And he leaves, right? And they, um, yeah, he, he wind up telling him something funny and, and mad. And then he winds up leaving. Yeah, he says some slick shit. He, he gets his little jabs in, which I appreciated. I was like, okay, you ain't just one of these art Negroes. You got a little... You know, you got a little spice to you when people want to get spicy with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of ends the scene. And what is the next scene? Yeah. At the apartment or is it the next scene at the uh, art gallery? No, the next scene is at the art gallery. Like everybody's gone and Clive and his girlfriend are cleaning up the art gallery and talking about... Um, Anthony and his little outbursts and then like they really like they, at least the at least Clive is anyway the girlfriend is not really making any comments about it um but he's definitely talking about you know Tiana just letting his letting her man come in there and put stuff up just because it's her boyfriend and you know the dick can't be that good and blah 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 and um mm-hmm. and so eventually they wind up doing some shit that, you know, crazy people do at that time. And, you know, they end up in front of Anthony's exhibit. And Talking then they, mad shit about it all night, but exactly. y'all want to get freaky and say Candyman five times. Okay, bitch. It, exactly. Why? 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 So, I, don't, I don't understand. Y'all could have went outside and stood in traffic if y'all needed some, like, adrenaline or, or some some type of, like, you know, excitement or whatever. But y'all gonna stand in... I know that motherfucker got an office in there. Go to your house. Like, exactly. Like, y'all ain't gotta do this. But yeah, that's that's what the fuck that stupid asses do. Um, Clive and his girlfriend, Jerrica, they decide they want to get all hot and heavy and, you know, have sex in front of Anthony's exhibit and the girlfriend you know of course says Candyman five times <laughs> and, this and then this funny. was the cool part because we <laughs> see somebody getting killed but we can't see the killer killing we just see this long gash yes. go up her throat neck decolletage and um, you know, Clive is like, "What the fuck is happening?" Because she, like, he starts to notice like her lean is kind of heavy body because she's dead yeah. now. That's not a sexy lean. That's I'm dying. <laughs> what was even funny? It was like she was she was like headed to the floor, and he was like, "Wait, is 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 this for real?" <laughs> like, is, like <laughs> is this part of it? Like, what's happening? Is this real? Yes, this is real. That bitch is dead, and you mm-hmm. about to be too. Yes, you really are. Um, so he's uh, he's screaming because it's, it's blood all over the floor. It's blood and ass all over the floor. And he tries to dart out 
the uh, the space, but the doors lock like they usually do in these times. And um, he too ends up getting massacred. It's like we see the shadow of what looks like the Candyman figure, but we can't see it clearly. It's just a shadow, but we see contact where blood is being, you know, where dude's getting slashed and he's dead. He's dead. He gets killed, girl. Yeah. And um, that's what y'all get for disrespecting that man's art. That's right. That's right. Just stop being disrespectful. I mean, if you don't like it, you ain't got to like it. But you ain't got to be disrespectful of somebody's shit. Yeah, that reminded me. You know, when they fucked in front of his art, his brand new art, it reminded me of that movie, Tales from the Hood. Follow me. That first story, when that politician, them cops beat his ass. Mm-hmm. Because he was trying to change the community for good. And then they went and pissed on his grave. Yes. And then he came back and killed their asses. Yep. That's what that part reminded me of. Yep. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> so, so next scene, what happens? Are we back in the room or is, is this uh, Brianna coming back to work the next morning? I think we see like different, like we see a scene of, I think Brianna like she's younger i think and we see her walk oh oh what happened is um no 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 what happens is next they see the news um and then they oh, yeah, yeah they it's see Tula and Brianna and uh Anthony in um her space right yeah so okay. so it's 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 Anthony it's the brother and it's um uh yeah it's Anthony Brianna and the brother they're all at their apartment and they're reacting to the news that Clive and his girlfriend were found murdered in front of his exhibit and so like the only thing that he could think about is they were murdered in front of my exhibit. Like they mentioned my name on the news, you know. Yeah, because they said they said in front of the exhibit of Anthony McCoy and Anthony's all like they said my name. They and said my name. Brianna and Troy looking at him like the fuck. Right. The fuck? Are you crazy? Like these people. And he was like, Oh, of course, you know, this is bad, you know, or whatever. And, but you know, they, they said my name. <laughs> you know, they, and so like later on after that, we start to see. Um, Brianna's account of her finding their bodies at the art uh, gallery. And so that's also intermingled with um, this back, um, what, what is it called? Uh, a flashback of mm-hmm. Brianna um, walking into a room and talking to a man that we learn is her father who is sitting at the edge of a window. Um, and so, you know, interspersed, these like two things are interspersed and you see Brianna discover the bodies at the art gallery. And then you also see young Brianna um, talking with her dad and her dad is like, you know, did you know that your dad can fly? Um, and she was like, no. And so he basically like just fucking launches himself out the window and he dies. So he basically committed suicide. And you know what? And you just hit the connection of why that scene was even in there. Mm-hmm. Just her discovering that at the young age and the older age. Because at first I was just like, we could have deal without this part, but like mm-hmm. I now see the relevance in it. I, I see it, but I still think we could have deal without it. But that's that's a, that's another discussion like later on after this. But yeah, but but those two scenes are interspersed with each other. Um, and then um, we wind up having uh, Anthony, I think, researching a little bit more about Helen and who she was. I think he wind up renting some stuff from a the library. library, like her mm-hmm. recordings and her, her records and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then he winds up getting spooked out in the elevator um, by like the different mirrors and things like that. Um and so, like, he does his research on her and, you know, listens to the story and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then I forget what happened after that. I think he starts drawing, like, these random portraits of people. Because I guess he's learning more and more about the story, I guess, being a little bit more connected to the stories he's that are happening. About the story, but it's like he's also going through some kind of change like you can tell his because he seems more fanatical with his art mm-hmm. or the or maybe because we haven't seen him in a space where he was really creating before we just see all oh, these were done by anthony but you can mm-hmm. tell he just really really just kind of ingrained in his process and it looks mm-hmm. almost um deranged 
Because mm-hmm. he painting hard. It's like, you know, when we was little and we was coloring, you, you know, there's always <laughs> that one boy who colored too hard, mashed the crayon all right. the way down. That's right. how he was painting. <laughs> So so after that, I think the critic, that, that critic from his exhibit winds up calling him, you know, because now he's in the news and shit, you know, so well, people want to, yeah, man, just, you know, just punch this bitch in the face. Anyway, so she calls him or whatever, um, and I think he winds up meeting up with her. He was supposed to be at some really important event um, to talk with, like, uh, the art gallery people. Um, Brianna was like really excited about meeting these art critics and you know art gallery people Um, and he leaves he leaves the place Um, no 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 this is at their home because she tells him like yes uh, I have to do this and she was just like we got to go to dinner and that's correct girl I will see you later but I'm gonna come but But I'm gonna come to the dinner but yeah he was like I gotta go see this lady first so he winds up going to the critics house of Finley Stevens winds up mm-hmm. going to her house um, and they discuss his works and he basically was questioning her like bitch why is you all on my dick now you know because I'm all up in the news and shit you know what what that what that goddamn Mike Jones song you know back then they didn't want me now I'm hot you all on me mm-hmm. like why why you all up in my shit um, mm-hmm. the critic goes to the bathroom um, and in and the house, too. Mm-hmm. You couldn't meet him nowhere in public. Exactly. Home. Exactly. You, you don't know who this man is. You just know he's a goddamn art gallery. You don't know nothing about him. But, you know, that's that's crazy, folks. But she goes to the bathroom and he starts having this episode with, like, seeing Sherman, Sherman Fields, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, Williams version of Candyman, you know, up mm-hmm. and through the house and all this kind of stuff. Um, and he gets a little bit worried because he hasn't heard from the critic. Um, but she pops up out of the bathroom. Um, but if you look in that scene while they're talking in the mirrors and stuff, um, he's in the reflection behind her in the mirror. It's it's mm-hmm. so goddamn creepy. Um yes. And then he's also picking with that nasty ass. Oh my god! It's, it's like thing. because while he's looking in the mirror, looking at Sherman, it's like it's so weird. It's like they're becoming one. Yes. kind of. Yes, hand, but his his hand that is just. Oh, Anthony, you should have. Oh my god, you should have went to the hospital. Shit, you should have. Like yeah, you, you should have worked. The hand is looking like its own person. But with scabs, it is it is just the nastiest, the worst thing. And he's picking it, and like he picked up the oh scab, and it, it just looked like death underneath. Oh my um, god, Brianna is better than me. I wouldn't let that nigga touch me with that dead ass hand. Girl, him and the hand would have been would have been sleeping outside. Like I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's contagious. You obviously have let it get to the point of necrosis. So I don't even want it in my apartment. I can't deep clean that out of my apartment. so so he he leaves like he leaves because he done had his freak out moment with candy man and shit you know sherman fields or whatever so he leaves but the lady is like walking behind him in an apartment like you know what's wrong what's happening what's the matter with you so from a like the outside shot this is my favorite oh my god this is my favorite favorite kill in this film because Because at this point anthony already leaves the apartment yeah Got and go. you he see him. Out. He got to go to the dinner. Yeah, he got to go. <laughs> he need to go to the fucking dental. Oh Brianna chop off that other hand. Yes. So he like we're we're seeing this play out from an ex like an external shot from outside of the apartment. And like we see Anthony, pew, he leaving. He go out the door. We see the critic come after him. And then as we're pulling back, the camera's pulling back from the screen, you see the fucking critic get choked up in the fucking house, but you don't see anybody who's doing it. You see nobody. You just see her get choked up. And then the whoever is doing it pushes her against the window and then slides her body across the windows oh my god it, it is so beautiful and i loved it and the first time i watched it i was like what the fuck and yeah, i was he, like so he, did i see what i thought is. i saw and I, re- yeah. I was like oh my god and since we know who it is we know she can get choked up she got hooked up yeah and she then, got hooked and then dragged across the glass door yes and it just takes 
Could you could you imagine if there was that one crazy neighbor who was just out there with binoculars? Right. Didn't mean to see that shit, but they seen that shit. Because you, you know, that? you know they got a crazy ass person out there with binoculars watching something at some point. They're seeing something. And so they missed they they missed their night because baby they would have got an eye for. Oh my goodness. Right. Right. Yeah, no, that, that scene, that shot was dope. That was a dope ass shot. Cause it was crazy because it's like you see this beautiful apartment, you see this beautiful skyline, all this stuff, and then you just see this massacre happen. Mm-hmm. She, she got yoked up. So the next scene, we are at this dinner. Anthony's had a pretty wild evening. So at this dinner, you can tell it's Brianna. And uh, art people, you know, in her space and all these important people that she's supposed to be connected with and mm-hmm. possibly co- collaborate with and have opportunities with. And Anthony, you know, they all know who Anthony is, but he is hella distracted. Like he ain't even having small talk with people, nothing. He's not having small talk with her. He's just, he's almost kind of like, what's he doing? Moving up and down a little bit, yeah. but not as crazy. And, um, Picking at that dead ass hand, mm-hmm. the goddamn dinner table, girl. I was excited. right, Ugh. and then while all the people are having their talks about bougie art stuff and pleasantries, we start to see everyone's phone go off. And one of the gentlemen at the table is like, "Oh my God, Finley Stevens was found dead tonight." Mm-hmm. And Anthony, one ain't trying to be slick with it because Brianna looks at him immediately like, "Aren't you supposed to meet this bitch tonight?" And he <laughs> right. just takes off. <laughs> Like, hold on, didn't you go by his <laughs> Of course, she didn't say that, but it was like, damn, y'all didn't even try to transition that well. Like, I had nothing to do with that, which right. he didn't, but he did not, he did, but he did not communicate that with his actions. Mm-hmm. His actions was like, mm, I probably, I don't know, maybe I have no idea. This arm, you might want to call a lawyer. I don't know. This arm, this arm has its own life. I don't know what's going on. You know. Girl, like, oh, hands. Anyway, girl, I've been bringing up a whole bunch of movies from this movie. Okay, so what happens in the next scene? Is the next scene we see Anthony in his space? Yeah, Anthony winds up drawing like a whole bunch of like portraits of men that he doesn't know. Like, he he don't know who these people are. He don't know who these men are, but he's just, like, friend, like just in a frantic state, just painting these portraits of these people. Um, and so then after that, I think that's when we go off to the high school. Um, and, you know, these group of girls come in the bathroom, and I guess this one girl is telling them about the exhibit. You know, the, the, the girl that you saw at the exhibit that took the picture of yeah, Anthony's exhibit. Yeah, the girl that I mentioned earlier, and I, I said, put a pen in it. We back with her. Yeah, we back with her. And she goes to school, and she talks to her little four, five, you know, her little three, four best friends, and tells them about this exhibit and the story about Candyman and all this kind of stuff. So what these sick-ass bitches do, <laughs> the five of them line up in front of the mirrors in the girls' bathroom to say Candyman five times. Why? Why? Who? Why, who, why well, would you? Why would you do this? And before one of them could get out the last or second to the last Candyman, she was mm-hmm. pretty much like, "Nope," and ran her ass out. Yeah, got away like, from danger. But yeah. while the girls were doing their chant, I want to say mid chant, uh, we see a young black girl come in the bathroom, and she's just like, "I, I don't, you, you don't, you can tell she probably gets hassled by these girls." And she's just like, "I came here to pee and chill. I'm not worried about these bitches." So she go in the stall. She's got her headphones on. She ain't worried about these hoes. And we start to see as you know they're getting down to that fifth candy man. Um, chaos happens. We are not really seeing what's happened. We're just kind of seeing things from the girl's perspective in the stall, but she's seeing compacts breaking, blood, uh, bees, uh, people on the floor. Foolish. Yes, it was It was just all kinds of shit going on. And she looking on the ground like, what the fuck is happening? Why is it happening? Why, like, what is going on? And then you see from the view of one of the compacts that was dropped on the floor, the massacre that is going on in this bathroom. Mm-hmm. And then you also see like maybe some of the lower half of Sherman Fields 
mm-hmm. just you know floating his ass along in this bathroom, just tearing shit up, you know. <sighs> but old girl, she wasn't a part of it, so he went back on her, and I'm sure she eventually she left, and you know that was up for the families to find out about. Mm-hmm. Um, so later on. Um, are we with Brianna and Anthony and there's news about these girls and the massacre? I think so. Okay. Um, so that happens. I know that he, happens. I know he eventually, um, connects with Burke, you know, and yes. Burke, Burke explains to him, um, about Candyman who Candyman was, like he actually tells him about Candyman and then he also tells him um, like about the portraits that he was painting and he basically was telling him like all of these different people um, had wronged things done to them and that Candyman wasn't just a person. Candyman was pretty much like a, it was like a, a hive. So it's like the Candyman urban legend and the Candyman person, like they get renewed with new mm-hmm. people who have been wronged yes, every yes. year. And these 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 uh, people that he's painting and was not sure who he was painting, mm-hmm. they were people uh, historically throughout the years who have been wrong, and they were also black men, and it seemed like many of them were uh, killed or harmed because of. Um, racist mobs throughout mm-hmm. the course of history. And then he does go back and talk about the original Candyman, uh, Daniel Robitaille, because I think Daniel Robitaille, that happened what, like the 1700s or 1800s? The 1800s, he, yeah. Yeah, he's talking about, you know, things that have happened throughout the course of the 20th century. So mm-hmm. this Candyman, it, it started with one person, but it seems like it's a vengeful spirit that passes through people. So many mm-hmm. people could have been what we title in Candyman. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was super interesting. Yeah. Uh, Cause it gave, cause at first when I seen this movie, I was just like, who is this Sherman person? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, what the, and what the hell he got to do with Candyman? You know, what? Why, why we ain't seen the real Candyman yet? What is yeah, happening? Him handing out candy is too literal. I don't like it, but it made, that made sense. So he's just a vengeful spirit of, you know, black people throughout the course of history that have been repressed, attacked, and have been attacked by, you know, racist mobs. And I was just like, I get it. Yeah. I fucking get it. If it's a real spirit, I would get it. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for part one of our Candyman 2021 episode. Please be sure to keep listening to us and move right along to our Candyman 2021 part two. Thanks so much and we'll see you there.